today's message is brought to us uh, by uh, my brother Eddie. We're so glad that he's able to be here today. Uh, we love Ed's teaching and, and it's been a while since he, he's been here. He's had a lot of wonderful things happening in his life lately. Uh, his book has been on the New York Times bestseller list. He's been invited to the Vatican. He's got all these cool things and it's just great to see God blessing him as he trusts the Lord to use his life and just to make himself available for God to use however he wants. Now today, Eddie's going to be speaking about prayer and the impact that prayer has in the life of the believer. So open your hearts and let's receive my brother Eddie as he shares the message today. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Since uh, there's no kickoff at noon, I feel like the Lord just wants me to share from my heart as long as I want to share. <laughs> You're right. Um, you know, it's wonderful uh, it's to come and to be here with you. You know, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, you know, he lets me come every few weeks just to make sure you guys don't get led astray by him too far. <laughs> and uh, it's been a while, so I'm feeling like I got a big job today. So st- <laughs> stand with me, would you? Let me read a text to you, Matthew 26, 41. This is our Master, our Lord Jesus. He writes, or he says, watch. And pray that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit's always willing, but then we've got this part of us that gives us a problem. Our body, it's weak. Father, this morning as we come to you and to the Word of God, we ask you that you'll speak to us and that you'll mess with our thinking about this business of prayer. We ask you, God, that as we walk out of here, that as a result of some of the thoughts that we embrace or think about that it'll just be easier to cross into that place of prayer and and open our hearts to you. We pray that as a result of that, you'll just there'll be this constant shifting and maneuvering of your life and your power in us, and that your kingdom really will be done on earth as it is in the heavens, and that you will be glorified by your will being done. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. You know, prayer is a gnarly subject uh, because first of all we're talking to someone we don't see <laughs> and, uh, and and yet those of us that have crossed the threshold of faith and if you're still learning about that you're going to there's so much wonder in it uh, to actually open your life to God and even though on a rational level you know there's parts of it that doubt and you're wondering where, where, how this really works on some deeper metaphysical level there's an encounter and you begin to tromp around in the eternal and you start getting stuff on you. It's the other day we had a party in the uh, outside and uh, it was in the yard. It was a yard party and the ground was a little bit wet because it had rained a couple days before. And, and after tromping around out there, you know, mud was getting all over our shoes and our pants and stuff. Because that's, you know, you tromp around in the mud to get mud on you. you. You can't help but move out into the dimension of the spiritual. And start trying to wrestle with God and your heart and open up your heart and the stuff of God not get on you. And the eternal stuff of God is stuff that the Bible describes as love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, uh, self-control. You can't help but move around in the eternal a bit and that stuff starts getting on you and there's a lingering kind of presence of God. There's one of the gals in our church, I don't, uh, in, in Oklahoma, I don't much like to give her a hug because she puts so much perfume on, after I hug her, uh, I still smell. 
You know, do you ever meet people like that? That they're just doused? But it's something like that. You can't embrace God and not walk away from that moment smelling and lingering that presence of his very essence on you. So uh, we, because of that, prayer is something that we love. And yet because it's a little bit of a difficult thing to get our minds around it, sometimes we hate it. We're attracted to it and we're repelled by it. And uh, so we know that there's something that we should do and it's really something that we want to do, but sometimes there's this chasm. And the chasm is we want to do it, but we don't do it. Actually doing it seems so hard. And there's lots of people in the church that carry kind of a, an agony of prayerlessness. They believe in it. They want to do it. They've tasted it. They've t- experienced some of that fragrance of God. And yet it's something that they don't practice very often. And the whole idea seems to be so huge. And, and I wanted to ask this question. What holds us back? I mean, at, at first blush, you might think, well, it's because I'm so busy. I, I don't, I'm not sure that's it. Or we might think, well, you know, we've got the obligations in our lives, social life, uh, family life, work life, all those things. But I don't think that's really what holds us back. I think what holds us back the most is the notion that we have to have everything just right in order to pray. That our motives have to be perfect, our emotions have to be all, you know, uh, in in the right place. Our our voice, inflection, Lord, has got to be right, you know. Our words have got to be biblical. Our attention has got to be sharp and focused. And and we just have to have everything just right. And, And when you think that way... Sometimes when you're jacked up emotionally or uh, your mind's racing one way or maybe you have even inappropriate thoughts going on, it's almost like we want to hide from God, not run to God. But here's what I ask you. What if the starting line of prayer has nothing to do with having, having everything just right? What if God wants us to come just as we are, all ugly and everything? What if, what if it's not about getting just right? What if the starting point of prayer is about being just honest? And that God longs for our honesty. That he wants us to be honest with him right in the mix of the tangled mess of motives and emotions that we have. What if it's okay for us to come just like we are, whether we're pure at that moment or selfish at that moment. Whether we're being merciful to everyone around us or hateful everyone around us, whether we are being loving or bitter, genuine or greedy or humble or prideful, what if God just wants us to come even when we're totally being sinful? He invites us to come to him however we are, whenever we think of him. So I grew up Roman Catholic, and, and, I, and I love so much of the heritage that I experienced there. Uh, one of the things is, is there's this real sense of, of, of reverence for God. Uh, God, in that kind of uh, praxis or practice of faith, was so austere and so holy, uh, almost unapproachable. And even though I think reverence is good, this was reverence on steroids, Right? <laughs> And so you almost felt like, you know, you know, I couldn't really come to God. And, and if you're not careful, if you think, and in your theological mindset, the only time you can come to God is when you kind of come to church and dress up and shave and everything. And kind of come in and you try to get your emotions right. And we're going to sing our songs and get everything right. If you think that's the only time you can come to Him, is when things are pretty much, you know, you straighten things up in your mind. You won't come that often. Gail and I, you know, we love social things. Uh, but we kind of pick our social uh, experiences based on how much we have to dress up for them. Right? Because, you know, if it's in the morning and, you know, guess, hey, honey, you want to go to lunch? She'll go, with who? 
<laughs> because if it's with our kids, you know, we can just grub out, you know, maybe swish there, don't have to comb it. You know, you know, sometimes don't have to shave, you know, she doesn't have to put all the woman stuff on. And, uh, uh, you know, we can just kind of go out and we can do, we can do lunch with that every day with people. But then there's some days, well, who are we going with? Well, one of the, these guys, or it's kind of a business thing or kind of a church related thing or something like that. She knows, and I know that we got to get up. We got to pick out the outfits, you know, I got to shave. She's got to do all that stuff. Jump in the shower, do all that stuff. And, and, and it's just a little more organizing to get there. We, honestly, we don't, we don't like doing lunches like that every day. We don't. We, 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 we do less of those because they take so much work. See, I I think that this applies in this context of prayer. I think there are times for formal prayer. I think there are times when we have to make sure we get down to business where our motors are pure, our hearts are focused, we find some specific promises that we want to stand on, all that kind of stuff. But there is a place for kind of informal, instant, on the spot, no preparation, no shaving, praying, where we just come just like we are. It's sort of childlike. And we sort of just unpack our souls. How many raise kids? I know there's a group of you are about to. <laughs> and one of the lovely things and horrible things about children is that they're so freaking honest. You know, as they're talking, you know, they, they'll watch a Disney uh, thing on, on television and they'll see Walt Disney World or, you know, and they'll go, Mom and Dad, take me to Disney World now. It's like their whole, they, they expect you to change your whole, in fact, in all honesty, the whole world is a backdrop for their play in their minds. You know, it's like, I'll never forget driving down the road. Uh, one of our little guys in the back seat, it was Robert. He was only three or four years old. And he's looking, staring out the window and he goes, daddy, say, yeah, honey, why is the moon following me? <laughs> I don't know, son, we're all following you. Well, these little ingrates, you know, they, they don't get it. There's, right? Or are they, are they, you know, telling their sister, you know, they don't want to, don't let her come because, you know, she said this. Or, or, you know, tell him to give me that. I want the biggest piece of cake. Tell him, Dad, I get it. What is that? Selfishness. You know, all this selfishness and greed and meanness and all this coming out of your children. The filthy little animals. And, and, yet, and yet I was so delighted that they let me see their filth. Right? I'm so glad that they didn't guard every word and make sure before they talked in front of dad that they made sure they said it the way I wanted to say it without me going, what are you saying? Right? You know, there's some dads, some moms that kids can't be honest around. Because they get slammed. Be, you know berated i've seen family units where the the mother and the daughter the couple of kids are talking and and they're talking about something they're concerned about and here comes the father and i've seen them go oh shh, shh, dad's dad that's here see there's some family units you can't there's no intimacy intimacy is the right to know and to be known that's why friendships get wonderful you know who the friends are are the ones you can be around when you're unguarded and when you're Stuff comes up, you know, you just, you know, you sort of are talking, you sort of throw up. And they go, ooh, that nasty. I know it, but it was inside me. And I wanted you to see it. Here comes another one. Ooh, that's really nasty. Oh, I know it, I know it's nasty. 
But there's something about being able to have intimacy with someone where all your yuck comes out and, and those become teaching moments, moments where we can, we can really say, this is what's going on in me and I want to show you what's going on in me. I think God loves that kind of thing. I think he wants us to be able to be open. And I would like to suggest to you that it's this kind of praying, this informal, uh, you know, opening our hearts, letting our stuff out, that God can really speak to us through and start doing a work in us that leads to more formal kinds of prayer. There's a, a nun that I know. Uh, sweet ladies where I first saw saw this in a person because I grew up like I said uh, Catholic and I got in the Pentecostal movement and there was all a lot of you know even when you prayed there a lot of the old folks that prayed there they were they would they would change their voices and everything I mean they'd be talking like this and we say well let's pray and they go okay <clears throat> oh God thank you father and you know I'm sitting there listening going oh I guess you got to change your whole voice Right? So it, this idea of just being open with it was, was foreign to me. So I got around this Catholic nun, a Sister Joseph Marie in Marshall, Wisconsin. And I'm talking to her one time. She's a real sweet lady. And she said, oh, I had a wonderful time with the Lord this morning. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, it didn't start out well. She said, I, you know, I, there's been some issues he hasn't spoken to me about. And I was getting so upset with him. I'm upset with God. And she said, I finally took my Bible and I threw it against the wall. And I said, why don't you treat me like a woman? I'm thinking to myself, and you lived to tell? I mean, I even moved over a little bit on the couch thinking, you know, God might after strike her. I didn't want to be too close, you know. But see, there was something so refreshing about the idea that she knew God knew what she was thinking. See, here's a shock. God knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what's going on in your soul. And you saying to God, honestly, what's going on inside you does not freak him out. It isn't like he goes, what did she say? Oh, myself, I can't believe she said that. unguarded open hearted prayer Look, a couple examples of it Psalm 22 this is the psalmist he says God my God why have you forsaken me I don't think I don't think he believed that I think he was feeling that here's another one Luke 9 54 the disciples James and John saw this and they asked Lord they saw what was going on. It was a thing that they kind of didn't receive Jesus real well. And they got all huffy and all bristly, you know. And he said, Lord, do you, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? I mean, did you ever feel like that? You're driving somebody cuts right in front of you. And you think, Lord, would you like me to run them off the road and uh, do some sign language at them? Because I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Right? Or here's one. Look at this. Psalm 58 and 6. God, what a, what a prayer to pray. Your, your neighbor comes over with his dog, does his business on your lawn. Break his teeth in his mouth. God, tear out, Lord, the fangs. Tear let him vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, I pray, God, let their arrows be blunted. Let everything he does just not work. And you're like a slug crawling across the hot pavement melting into the ground as it goes along and it doesn't make it it just dies in the hot hot heat let him be like that lord like a stillborn child like a 
a miscarriage. Let his whole life miscarry. Let him not see this. This is horrible. Now, I don't think I don't think they really were trusting. I mean, I think he was having a bad day. Is what I was thinking. And, and, or listen to this one, Jeremiah twenty, verse seven. Oh Lord, <laughs> what a prayer to pray! Imagine praying this prayer tomorrow morning after you get up. Lord, you know what? You've deceived me. And I'm deceived because you just, you've overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed. Everybody mocks me. See, they, they, the, the, the Bible is so jammed with these kinds of open, honest prayers that there's a theological word for it. It's called lament. And what lament means is you're just sort of, you're just pulling out your crud. You're being honest with where you're at. It doesn't mean you believe it. Do you ever tell your husband, you know, I hate you. <laughs> or why do you hate me? Right? Are you really meaning that? No. It's just you're feeling that way. And so it's so wonderful to be able to get your feelings out. See, I think God wants us to know that the entrance way of prayer, even though it's totally inappropriate, even though you're totally wrong, even though you're a total knucklehead, you ought to just be honest with God. You ought to say the things like, God, I love that. You remember that, um, uh, uh, what's that? Da, 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 if I were a rich man. Da, 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 da. What is that? Uh, what, what movie is that from? Uh, Fiddler on the Roof, you know, where, 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 where Tevier is you know, such a great song. If I were a rich man, yada, yada, and he's talking about being rich, saying, how come you haven't blessed me? He's just so honest. He's wrong. He's honest. Sometimes it's just wonderful to be honest. This morning we sang, uh, uh, in the fir- I was in the first service here, and the second service over there for the worship, and uh, we sang, and as we started singing, I-, I didn't want to be here, not because I don't love being here, but because it was too freaking early! And I, had, I, had, I didn't get good night's sleep last night, and I'm standing there, and, I, and we're trying to worship, and I'm thinking, I just want to lay down right here, and I don't want to worship. And, and you know, I mean, the, the temptation is to, you know, I'm here, I'm part of, you know, part of this extended family, you know, and, and uh, I should have my hands up on the visiting pastor, and should put my hands up, and, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to put my hands up. And then they sang, every day with Jesus is sweeter, you know. I'm thinking, yesterday was sweeter than today. That's not true. This Today sucks. <laughs> And so I just started telling God, God, this isn't true. I don't like this song, and it's not true. See, no, no, do I? You say, oh my gosh. See, I, what, what, what's so awesome is when you start getting your stuff out, then all of a sudden I start going, you know what? But you know, you really are sweet. And then and, and you start putting your heart before those emotions before the Lord, and you start getting into what's called serious prayer. Simple prayer is just starting out putting your stuff out. Serious prayer is when you shift and you say, what really is this stuff? It's just a bunch of stuff. And what's really true? And you can start entering into the seriousness of God. Before I shift to that and say a couple more words about that, I wanted to show you one more example of what you would call uh, really uh, regurgitating prayer. This this is an example from Talladega Nights. Uh, This is um, um, uh, Will Ferrell who's praying. He's not true. And if you get easily offended, go to the restroom right now. But but just watch this little moment of of just talking honestly, open about God, praying and uh, being totally wrong. But I think it's sweet. Watch it. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. 
I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox. Mm. Also, want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg. And it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, we... um, you know, sweetie. Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled-up fist palm. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with, like, an angel band. Hey, Cal. Why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Dear eight-pound, six-ounce, newborn infant Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant, so cuddly, Mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! That I have accrued over this past season. Also, due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace, I just want to say that Powerade is delicious, Mm. and it it cools you off on a hot summer day, and we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 Let's dig in. (laughs) Amen. Amen. See, I think God can handle all your heart. Even when you're mixed up, even when you're wrong. I think we'd be better off coming at him just like we are with our why nots and why me's and how it comes. And I think that he longs for honesty. I love one of the values uh, here at the church is to be real. And what being real is about is just about being open about your soul. Now, when you're open about your soul, you have to understand that a lot of what you're open about is wrong. Because some of the ways you feel, you shouldn't feel that way. But I think God wants us to come to him with what we have, not what we think we should have. And when we come to it with what we have, when we get it out, then we can say, okay, here it is. I'm feeling yucky. I don't feel good about this. But what do I do with this? And that's when you shift into this business of serious prayer. The one trait that makes this kind of open prayer, this simple prayer, is childlikeness. But this serious prayer has a trait, not childlikeness, it's discipline. You're still concerned about how you feel, but for a different reason. You're not just trying to emote. You're interested in whether those emotions are appropriate or not. You have in your heart, Psalm 139, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Examine my stuff. See if there's anything that's inappropriate. See if there's anything that's wrong. See if there's anything that's not pleasing to you. And then lead me in the way of everlasting. 
This is where you can come to God with your temptations and say, God, you know, I am so envious of Sarah. She always has new dresses. It's freaking me out. I don't get why that's true. I feel like you've forsaken me. And I don't get that. And you just, just emote and throw up and get it all. And then you say, God, but would you take that? Show me. Show me. I know there's not, that's not right. So would you show me how to look at her? Would you show me how to look at others that, that excel when I'm not excelling? Would you show me how to figure out how to do that? Would you search my heart and lead me in the way that's appropriate? Now you're getting serious. Now you're going to the scriptures. And when you go to the scriptures, all of a sudden, when you pray the scriptures and open your heart that way, you'll start finding your emotions being recalibrated and rejiggered by God's word. And your heart start developing and you'll see things start happening. This is the kind of prayer that's not led by your emotions. It's led by the Holy Spirit. Watch this verse, Ephesians 6, 18. And pray, not just with your emotions opening them up, you need to do that, but pray in the Spirit or guided by the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, being alert and always praying for all the saints. See, this is, this is I think, the joy of the dance is that you and I can come as we are and we can open up our hearts as we are. I mean, my goal in sharing this morning was for you to walk out of here and pray more. My goal for sharing this morning is for you uh, to to think about not only praying openly, but then saying, God, how can I get involved with more serious prayer? Because the reality is, the last verse I have for you is Psalm 127 and 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Isn't that interesting? It's saying, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Well, wait a minute. Who's building it? If they're builders, aren't they building it? No, the Lord's building it. Well, if the Lord's building it, why are there builders? See, the way God does stuff in the world is not just by himself. He does it through people. He does it through organizations. God has a dream for this city. This church is a part of that dream. Unless God builds what it is you're supposed to do, all your work is in vain. So so the way that God gets in the mix of it, I think primarily, is through our prayer. And so you come to this, you know, this, as you're talking about this, uh, uh, you know, upcoming this next week is the prayer vigil. I mean, some of you, you know, thinking about going to prayer vigils, you know, you'd rather go to the proctologist. Right? It's like, what is that? I mean, you know, what, what are we going to do? I've never been anything like that. Scary. What would I say? Praying for an hour? You barely make it through a meal prayer. Right? So, but, but see, what I'm going to encourage you to do is talk to God about this. See, God... You know, this whole thing about prayer, this prayer vigil, coming to that, that's a little scary to me and I feel uncomfortable with it. Be honest with him. And then say, but how should I respond to that? What's your view on that? What should I do? And I think you may find him starting to, to, once you get your stuff out, it's like he can talk to you clearer. If you don't get your stuff out, you can't hear him. Because your stuff's screaming inside. But when you get honest and get your stuff out, and he already knows your stuff because he knows what you think, he knows what you're going to say, he knows all that stuff. You get it out honestly, all of a sudden he can begin to talk to you about it. And you can talk to him even about, you know, the extra giving. I mean, sometimes you know, giving is so close to the heart. You know, here you, some of you are tithers, and now there's more in this, in this uh, campaign, and you're going, you know, God, you can have attitudes about that, wonder about that, question, why are we doing more? You know, all that stuff can go through your mind. Be honest with God about that. Say, God, I, I don't get it. You know, I want to, I'd like to get a, a new something, a gun, you know, or something, a, a new a chainsaw. I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily give extra money to the church. T- be honest with God about that. That's what's so wonderful about being a church is that you come together and you say, God, this is what I feel. This is what's going on. But what do you say? How important is this to you? What is your view of this? How do you want me involved? How are we supposed to touch this city? 
And as a result of not just preachers praying, but the people coming together and sorting this stuff through and being honest with God and then letting him sort through stuff as they talk and pray seriously to him, all of a sudden God starts getting in the mix of our stuff. We start seeing his hand. One of the beautiful Latin words for the manifestation of God is the dancing hand. It means dancing. So all of a sudden, God, as we cry out to him and we're open before him, starts dancing in our midst and we start getting surprised by the way he manifests himself in our midst and his house is established in this city. Bottom line, we're dealing with something that's bigger than us. We're dealing with the kingdom of God and it's more than just our generation. It's multi-generational. Some of what you're doing right now is going to impact those little babies that are up here this morning. And what we think and how we act and how we participate matters. Let's be a people of prayer. Amen. God bless you.